The, um, the Lord gave us a vision years ago. Uh, well, He gave me a vision years ago, and, and uh, it finally came to fruition where I finally was able to, to, uh, to have this happen. You know as well as I do, when you go to do something for God, it's not quick all the time because we get scared, we get nervous. We're, what are people going to say? Will they, you know, what's going to be happening? And so we tend to uh, put things off, put things off, put things off. He told me probably seven years ago that I would have a ministry of some sort. I didn't know what it was about. And then as time went on, he started showing me a men's ministry. And it was a men's ministry, and I asked him, why, Lord? And he said, because there's a lot of men that don't know how to be a, a father, a husband, a man of God. And I said, but Lord, I'm having struggles just like all these other men. I'm not perfect. There's issues in my life. He goes, yeah, but you have a relationship to where you can talk to these men on how to be a father. Because I have four wonderful children. They've been a blessing. I haven't always been the perfect father. But to me, they, they have been such a blessing in my life that the examples that, that I can use are what we've been through, our struggles or whatever it may have been. And to be honest with you, there wasn't very many struggles. Um, we didn't agree on everything, of course. And that happens when you have kids. That happens when you have to make a decision as a father. And I said, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll do that. And then I said, what about a husband, Lord? Because I was a lousy husband. I really was. I used to think that my wife had to walk behind me because that's how the Hispanic men generally think. Woman, get behind me. That's how you're supposed to be. And then, and then my wife says, you know, that's a good idea. That way I walk behind you. I can kick you every three steps. And that's exactly what she said. She goes, I'm not going to get behind you. I'm going to get beside you. You're my husband. I expect you to be my husband, but at the same time, I'm going to show you and submit to what you have for if you submit to Jesus Christ. And that was the thing that I had to do was submit to Jesus Christ. As I started submitting more and more to the Lord, then my wife started submitting more and more to me. Not that I was a thumb on her or anything like that, but it was more of we would pray together, talk together, and uh, seek God's counsel in this, you know, counsel together. How can we do it? What's the best thing? How to raise our kids? Things like that. Was it always perfect? No. Is it perfect? No. But at least I have something that I can work with and keep going. And then a man of God. How many of us have failed? I'm going to be the first one to raise my hand. As a man of God, I've done wrong. I've said wrong. I've acted wrong. But you know what? I'm still going towards the mark. I'm going to keep going and keep going and keep going until Jesus says, it's time for you to come home. When He says it's time for you to come home, I feel that I'm going to have done whatever I needed to do. So that's what the men for Jesus is. Am I perfect? No. I'll tell you right now, I'm not. But do I struggle? Sure I do. But the thing is, is that i got a vision. And I need to, to get men, more men, to know who they are as men of God, as a father, as a husband. And those are important in your life. Most of you here, if not all of you here, have kids or are married of some, or been married. And you know the mistakes that you made in your first marriage. Some of you that might have been married before. Or even now, the struggles that you're having. But the Lord put it on my heart, and I read you the Scripture earlier, where there is no vision, the people perish. What's your vision in your life, in your household? That's important. Proverbs 29.18 If you keep the law, which is the Word of God, happy is He. How many of us know, just, just in the words and the songs that He was playing, that we're, or at least I was, let me use me, 
I would say, man, Lord, I want more of that to be in your sanctuary. I want to seek you more and see you more and be more like you, Jesus, how you walked the earth and everything that you did, Lord. So the Lord put that on my heart, the vision to reach more men in the community for Him. To teach them how to be the husband, the father, and the man of God desires them to be according to the Bible. It's not what Eloi says, because it doesn't matter what Eloi says. It's what God says in the Word of God. What He says there, that's what's supposed to go. Not what Eloi says. To build character and integrity. The hardest part for a guy, because we work around so many men at, at the plant, that they don't have integrity. They'll steal like that. And I'm not just talking about plant. That's where I work, so I can talk about it. But their character, it's, it's, it's a mess. No, we need to show them and teach them, you know, that's not right. That's not right to steal or to act that way. Or whatever it may be, wherever you're at in the areas that you work at. And I'm not saying that you're perfect and you're, you're it, but we got to start with us. To building character in us and having integrity in us. And if you don't have integrity, ask the Lord to help you. Lord, give me that integrity that I need to where I can go up another level and be able to talk to men when I need to talk to them. And of course, iron sharpens iron. Guys, the only way I can get stronger is when other men lift me up or encourage me. It's no different. The only way you're going to get stronger is if other men can lift you up and encourage you. Because like I said earlier, it's, you're going to mess up. Sure, we all do. But if we can sit there and, and go up another level, it'd be, it'd be awesome. But those are the things, and you have that in in your folder. The Lord put it on my heart to make these folders up and, and take it home. And, and that way you have something to look at when you're down. Say, so, you know what? No, you know, I, I need to have a vision. What is my vision? And uh, I need to be a man for Christ. And how can I do it? Well, by these things. Get each other's phone number. Some of you call me, and I don't mind. I love it. But some of you call me, and, hey, Lord, I need you to pray for me. Great, I will. And I, and I do. And... Uh, or text me, because a lot of times I work shift work, and uh, I won't see you or talk to you right away, but I don't mind the text, and as soon as I wake up or when I get a minute at work, I can text you back. And uh, my card's in, inside those folders. You're free to call me or text me, and uh, don't hesitate. If you just need prayer, there's some guys you can't trust. I'm not going to go and blab all your business to everybody. That's not what I do. You can't. And as men of God, that's integrity right there, and having character. That's how you can start. If you're, if you're a man that has a problem keeping it to yourself when somebody says, hey, Eloy, I'm struggling with this issue. But hey, you know what? Frank, let me tell you what Greg does. You know, he has a problem with it. We can't do that. You know, ask the Lord to help you with that. Say, no, you know what? I'm going to encourage him and lift him up because that's where he's struggling. You might have been in the same situation. Okay? And that's why I ask you, just come up another level as a man of God. Have integrity. Have character. Let's do it together. Because the only way we're going to reach people for Jesus is to, to do these things. And, and the Lord might have you do it in a different way, and there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean this is it, this is how it goes, blah, blah, blah. But these are just the guidelines that might help you get to that next level. And of course, uh, uh, this building costs a hundred and something dollars to, to rent out. So y'all, I'm going to go ahead and do the offering now. Usually my father-in-law or uh, Mark do this for me, but they're not here. And... Uh, and I have a basket here, and you're welcome to put it in the basket if you, if you like. But the Bible says in Luke 6.38, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. For men will give unto your bosom.
Okay? And so I just want you to know that when you're giving, God's going to bless that. He's going to bless it, bless it, bless it. And it's to help the ministry just to come up another level. And uh, I want to show you something in that Scripture. As it says, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. The Bible says that when you give, one time, you give, He's going to give it back to you. Okay? Given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For whatever measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. So when you give one time, one time, God's going to give it back to you seven different ways. And it's not always finances. Somebody might bake you a cake or might fill your gas tank up or uh, maybe you need a tire. You know, they see it. Hey, the Lord told me to bless you. Put a tire on your car. You know, we've done that so many times. And I'm not bragging. I'm not boasting. I'm just telling you that's how the Lord sometimes shares things with you. When you're struggling or something and you've given, Lord, I gave because that's what you said to do, Lord. I gave. I gave with a pure heart, a right heart. Okay, so generously, you know, have a generous heart. And when God sees your heart, then He says, now it's time for me to bless you back in several different ways. And like I said, it's not always finances. It could be where your gas tank doesn't go down as fast as it normally does, or whatever the case may be. So thank you for giving. Uh, let me just pray over the offering. And if you can't give, that's okay. It's, it's not about that. It's about what's in your heart if you want to give or not, and that's okay. Father God, we just thank you for this offering, Lord. I ask you just to bless it. A hundredfold return for every one of these men, Father God, that have given. And Father God, I just give you the glory for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Now, uh, of course, I asked y'all, everybody put their name in the hat. Hey, Frank, come on, man. All right. But my son, Josh, I'm going to ask him to draw, to pass out this book, or y'all want to do it at the end. Yeah, I'll do it at the end. Go ahead and draw, Josh. Go ahead and draw, and then let me have it. All right. It's, it's not the one with the star. <laughs> and I'll do it at the end. That way we... All right, and um, what it is, it's this book here, Storehouse Principal, Al Jandel, here at Living Stones, him and, and uh, Van Crouch uh, wrote it. It's the best book, I'm not kidding you, on finances I've ever read. And it's not about giving and all that. It's about teaching you how to save, how to put money to the side, because we struggle sometimes to do that. Even the little bit that we might have, he's teaching you put a little bit of that to the side, whether it's a $5 or $10 a week. It doesn't matter. And he shows you how he did it, what he did, and how Living Stones is as prosperous as it is because of those things. And it's, again, not about the money coming in and all that. It's, it's how you do it. So that's this book, I'm not kidding you. It it's unbelievable if 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 you want your you don't need more money, you need a storehouse. It teaches you how how to do that, how to save it. All right, praise God. Well, thank you again for being here. Uh the message today is surrendering to God. You kind of played some of those songs and it just got me thinking, it's surrendering to God. So many times in in first Peter uh five if you have your Bibles, you're welcome to read through it. If you don't, I'm going to just read it quickly. It says, uh, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. 
casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. See, He cares for you. If you surrender to God, He's going to show you and tell you, I love you. If you humble yourself. So many times we have a problem with that. When we look to God for help, he, we sit there and say, Lord, I, I surrender all to You, Lord. I give it all to You, God. But do we really? Most of the time we sit there and say, Lord, I'll give You everything except this and this. And Lord, let me handle this one. I got it, God. I don't need Your help with that one, God. I think I can do it. So many times we do that. Why do we do that? It's because we like to be in control. We as men like to be in control because we can see what's happening. We have to change that. We have to change our heart to where we can give it to God and let Him do it. You've heard that saying, let go and let God. It doesn't let go and let God except this and this and this and this. Let go and let God. And whatever it is, the situation with your kids, the situation with your wife, the situation with just being a man of God. Because where I work at the plants, I've always had a hard time because so many men hate God. That's just how it is. And, and, and I'm sure it's that way wherever you work. It's, not, it's no different. When you start talking about Jesus Christ, and, and you don't say it out loud or whatever, but they know that you're a Christian, right away there's something going to come against you. That's just how it is. But you have to take a stand. God, I'm going to give this situation to you. I need your help in this situation, Lord. I need you to help me, guide me, show me what I need to do, Lord, whether it be at work or even at home. Not everybody's wife is saved. Not everybody's wife cares that you want to go to a men's meeting and learn about Jesus Christ. That's how it is. But you still have to surrender your life to God in everything that you're going through and say, God, I need you now in this. But when you surrender to God, are you letting Him do it? We're a microwave society. We want it now. You seen that commercial? I want it now. You know, my money, I want it now. But the thing is, is that, it, that God doesn't work that way. God lets you go through things. Why does He let you go through things? To see your heart. How are you going to act? How are you going to respond? What are you going to say? What, what are the words coming out of your mouth? Let's just, I'm going to use my son here for an example. If I had a situation with my son, and I told him, hey, you need to do this and this and this, and he's like, well, Dad, no, I don't think so, and we're going back and forth, butting heads on it, and then I say, well, God, I'm going to let you have it. And then I'm going to go the next day and say, Josh, did you do this? Did I really let God have it? No, I wanted to make sure he understood again what Eloy's thinking because of microwave society, I want it now. I want him to change his ways now. And that's not how God works. My heart isn't right. If I sit there and I look at him and I, and I do the struggles and everything with him, go back and forth, and then I go, go back to my room and say, Lord, I give it to you, Lord. I need you in this, Lord. Father God, I ask you to put someone in his path. I ask you to show him where he's headed. Because of the experiences we've had as men older, we know where he's headed. But he doesn't see it yet. Why? Because he hasn't gone through it. How much stronger will he be when he goes through something? How much more is he going to be able to, to be able to minister to somebody else and say, I've been through that. I know exactly what you're going through. How many more times? I've gone through it. How many experiences have you got in you, in your life, 
to where you can sit there and tell somebody else, I've been through that. Whether it's finances, divorce, children, even jobs. Moving from place to place. I know how you feel. I know what you're going through. So when we do it, we need to let go and let God do it. When you're going through something, the situation with my son, and I, of course, we don't have any issues. I'm just using it as an example. If I'm going through something, am I praising God through this? Or is I, am I trying, Lord, you're never around. My goodness, God, I just can't believe you're not there, God. You, I'm a Christian. I go to church, Lord, three times a week, Lord. You know, I play in the praise group, Lord. I go to men's meeting, God. You're not there for me, God. No. Do I do that or do I? Father God, I just praise you. I praise you in all things, Lord. It doesn't matter the struggles that I'm going through with my son right now, Father God. You're still on the throne. I'm praying and, and believing that that situation is resolved. Those are the words that should come out of your mouth. Come on, we've all struggled with that. I'm, I'm just as guilty as everyone. I'm just telling you what God told me to, to say here. Okay? And so I want you to see. You say, well, you're just talking. I want you to see something. Paul and Silas. Some of you know the story. But Paul and Silas were beaten. They were thrown in jail. I'm going to read it here. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them secure. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and, to the, and the prisoners were listening to them. I got a question for you. Is your test going to be a testimony? Or is your test just going to be a test to where you're going to say, look what I went through. It needs to be a testimony to where you can reach other people for Jesus Christ. What are you saying at work? What are you talking about when, some, when you're going through something? Man, let me tell you what I'm going through. Really? Hey man, I, why don't you let them ask you, what's that situation that you went through? How, how did it go for you, man? You know what? I'm still struggling through it, but God is going to get me through it. How much more of a testimony will that be when it's all said and done than with, when saying, man, that woman of mine ain't no good. That son of mine, he'll never amount to nothing. Yeah, you said it. You're right. That's exactly what's going to happen. He's never going to amount to nothing. She ain't no good because those are the words that you're speaking out of your mouth. Instead of, God, I'm still going to get through it. And, and those are the, some of the struggles that we have. And Paul and Silas, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. People are watching you as a Christian man. They're watching you. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loose. Okay. When Paul and Silas were going through this, I can also imagine that they were praying, Father God, I just believe these shackles are going to fall off me. And, and Father God, they might have even said, Father God, I just believe these shackles are going to fall off. Father God, we know who you are. We're going to sing and give you the glory in everything that we do. The prisoners were listening. Some of them might have started singing. Saying the same things. Because it says, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains came off. Why? Why everyone's? Because them other guys were singing too, I bet. 
Their testimony, why? Because when we sing, we never know who's listening to us. When we're praising God, we don't know who's going to sit there and say, man, I want what he has. I know he's struggling, but look at what he's going through. Man, he's still praising God in this. Hasn't stopped once. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. The man was about to kill himself. He was in charge. They were in the inner prison. They weren't just in a prison. You know, picture old western. You got a prison right there. Boom. They were down in the dungeon, man. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your whole household. Then they spoke, spoke the word of the Lord to him and the, all those who were in his house. And he took them in the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he, fell, he and all his family were baptized. Now I ask you this. When you go through a testimony, people are watching. What are they hearing? They went through something. I said a testament. When you have a test, what are you going through? And people are listening. They went through a test. People were listening. People were watching. You know that prison guard came up and said, Man, you're a guard. You hear these things. And, and so this man right away, What must I do to be saved? Because of who they were and what they were doing for Jesus Christ. They got other people saved. What's your test? Make it a testimony. It's no different than Paul and Silas. Stay with the Word of God. Keep praising Him. If you're going through stuff, it's okay. It's just going to make you stronger. Nothing wrong with going through things. Everybody does. Paul and Silas did. We're no better than them. They're no better than us. Okay? It's no different. You're just like them. Except we're not being beaten. Sometimes we feel like we're beaten. Sometimes, man, oh man, I can't take no more. Really? Praise God in this. Continue to praise Him. Don't stop. When you stop, God says, now I know your heart. You don't really want more. You don't really want to make a connection with me. You just want me when things are going good. Don't do that. Do it even during the rough times. Even the rough times when your kids keep you awake in the middle of the night and you got to go to work the next morning. It's okay. How can we witness if we never go through anything? How can we say, look at what my God has done? How? If we sit there and say the wrong things. I'm never going to amount to nothing. I'm no good. You're right. You said it. That's exactly what you're going to get. So we need to change that. Well, you, say, you might say, well, I kind of worship quietly. Really? You didn't stay quiet at the ball games? Touchdown! Yeah! But, you know, when they ask you to praise God, praise Jesus, praise. You know, come on. Get up. Be a man for Jesus. Don't be ashamed of who you are in Christ. Come up another level. Come up another level. Well, I don't want people to look at me funny. <laughs> That's good. The Bible says in, in uh, 1 Peter 2.9, it says that you're a chosen generation. You're a ro royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. In another uh, 
type of Bible. Uh, this is the NIV that I'm reading. This is a, a peculiar person. That's what you are. You're peculiar for God. You're chosen for Jesus Christ. He's got a reason that you got saved, that you're here, that He wants to get to know you more. Because you're the only one that's going to be able to reach people that I can't reach, that He can't reach, that He can't reach. It might be you guys that can reach them. Okay? Got quiet here in this Baptist ministry here. Y'all all right? All right. Praise God. I just want you to know that you're chosen by God. He's, he already knows. He knows every number of hair on your head. He knows what you're going to do when it's all said and done. He knows how you're going to be. But it's for us to come up another level and do it. As a husband, as a father. I was talking to a young man the other day about marriage. He was having a hard time in his marriage and all. And well, these guys say I ought to just leave. And these guys say this. And these guys... Why are you listening to them? Why do you always listen to other people? Pray about it. Ask the Lord what He wants you to do in that situation. Ask Him. Say, Lord, guide me in this. You know, get godly counsel. Don't just get some Joe Blow off the street. He's been married five times. Guess what He's going to say? He's going to say, dude, leave the woman. She ain't worth it. Neither were my four other wives that I've had. You know? No, change it. You might say, well, everyone in my household gets a divorce. Why? Change it. Change the direction where you're heading. You've already done it. You're not going to be able to unscramble a scrambled egg. That's okay. It's over with. But you know what? From here on out, me and my wife, we're going to serve the Lord. Start with you. Start with you serving God. As you're serving the Lord, she's going to see that and she's going to say, I don't know what you're doing different, but I like it. You treat her better. You act better. You talk better. You witness to people. And the next thing you know, she's going to be like, I want what you got if she's not saved. And, you know, fortunately, my wife was saved. She's the one that got me going into church. So I got to see it firsthand. I didn't know anything about Jesus Christ other than He, he was on a cross. I was a Catholic growing up. I didn't know anything about all that. And I got to know and have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and that made the difference in my life. All right, your marriage matters. Your kids matter. Most men would love to have a relationship with their kids, but most don't. If you don't, get one. Get a relationship. Start small if you don't have a relationship with your kids. Just, hey, son, let's go talk outside for a little bit. Me and my dad, we'd sit out in the back porch all the time. And, and, and he would just tell me stories about him growing up. Nothing wrong with that. And sometimes I'd be like, really, dad? Going again, talking about this. My parents are gone. How much would I have given for them to be here another 10 or 15, 20 years? They were still young. They were in their early 60s when they died. I would have loved to have them for another 10 or 15 years to have stories with them. I grab my kids and they're the same way. Really, Dad? I'll sit there in the, in, the, uh, in the shed and say, come here, man, let's talk. And we'll talk. It might be 30 minutes, might be an hour. But we talk and they give me some input and I give them input. We just talk about their life. It doesn't have to be anything fancy if you have kids. If you're married, talk to your wife. Hey, take off your shoes. Let me rub your feet. Let's talk a little bit. You know, it doesn't have to be anything. You don't have to take her to this fancy restaurant where she probably doesn't want to go anyways. It's not always about the money you spend. It's about the quality of time you're spending together. 
than it is the finances. I mean, don't get me wrong, she still likes a good meal every now and then and take her there. But to be honest with you, she'd probably just want to spend quality time with you. Those are things that are important. I guarantee it. Frank's a prison guard or he works in the prison system. And most men in the prisons, most, not all, most men in, in the prison never had a relationship with their father. That's just how it is. And they, most of the men in the prisons, you say something about their mom, they're on you right away because they had a relationship with their mom. Most men, not all. There's some that had a relationship with their father. Maybe their father was in prison also and so on and so forth. But still, and I'm not saying if you don't have a relationship with your kids, your kids are going to go to prison. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, try to change that. Try to change the relationship you're having with your kids if you have kids. If you're having issues with them in, in any kind of way. Start by saying, I love you. I love you, son. I love you, daughter. Man, I've never said that. Start. You say to everybody else, hey, love you, man. I don't have a problem telling my kids, I love you, Josh. Love you, Matt, Jess, Nick. Those are their blessings to me. I've told them since they were this big. You know, tell them, I love you. You're a blessing in my life. That's important. What would you have given if you didn't have a relationship with your father? What would you have given to have a relationship with him? I know I had a great relationship with my dad, and I enjoyed it. But there's so many men that have never had a relationship with their father change it so many kids change it change it some of you don't have kids yet but when you do i'm telling you let them know you love them ask god to soften your heart in that area whether it be marriage kids or just being a man of god god make me a better man of god to where i can seek you and find you and know who you really are i want to know more about you god soften my heart lord to to receive more of what people have to say about you, Lord. Now, don't go to every single person and tell me about God because they're going to give you all kinds of stories. But sit there and talk to them. Tell me what you believe. Nothing wrong with asking that. You know, seek and you will find. Change your words, what you're saying about your wife, your kids, your job. That job of mine, man, them guys, they're sorry. They ain't no good. Change it. Lord, I ask you, Lord, just to soften my heart on how to talk about these men at work, Father God. Give me wisdom. Show me, Lord. Guide me. Show me what I need to do, Lord. That's important. Pray before you go to work. Just ask Him to guide you in those areas of your life. I said it earlier. Stop saying things like, that kid of mine will never amount to nothing. You're exactly right. He won't amount to nothing because you keep saying it. Guess what? He keeps, you keep saying, you keep saying, you keep saying it. Guess what? He's going to start believing it. And before you know it, my dad said, I never amount to nothing. He was right. You know, I'm bumming off the streets. I'm doing this, doing that. You're right. When you surrender everything to, go, to God, you let it go. And let God do it in His time. I'll give you an example. Peter, he walked on water. Why did he walk on water? Because his eyes weren't focused on Jesus Christ. As soon as he started seeing the waves in every other situation, as soon as he started seeing all that, next thing you know, next thing you know, Peter started sinking. Why? Because he got his eyes off of Jesus. When you get your eyes off of the Lord, things are going to happen. And it's not always good. Stay focused on who Jesus is. Stay focused on the vision that He's given you. 
Stay focused on that. <clears throat> what about you? What are you looking at? What's the, what are you looking at when, when you're seeking something? You lo you looking at your situation? Or are you focused on Jesus Christ? I'm going to close with this. What's your vision as a husband? Is your vision as a husband to just be there, bring in the paycheck? That's not the right vision. Your vision as a husband should be, you know what, I love my wife. I will honor her and cherish her and show her how a man of God should be. Those are the things that you should do in your life. I ask you, some of you are about to get married. Be the husband that she never expected you to be. Be that husband and come up another level and learn how to be a better husband. What's your vision as a dad? If you have kids, I ask you, what's your vision as a dad? Is it just to be there? Yeah, that's my kid. Play catch with them. Enjoy them. Love them. Honor them. Bless them. Pray over them. Let them know you're a blessing in my life, son. You're a blessing in my life, daughter. Pray over them and let them know you're going to marry a godly husband daughter. You're going to marry a godly wife, son. I want that for you. Why do I want that for you? Because I want you to have a good relationship. I told my kids that all the time. I want you to marry somebody that's a godly person. So you don't have the struggles that I went through in, in situations where I wasn't married to a godly woman at one time. Change it. Change it. What's your vision as a man of God? Is your vision as a man of God just, ah, oh, well, I go to church. Don't just let it be I go to church. God has so much for you. So much for you that He wants you to just seek Him. And then you'll find Him and know who He is. And then you want to know Him a little bit more. It's not just a, a three days a week type deal. It's, it's an everyday thing. Seek God. Ask Him, make me a better man of God. Make me to where I can reach people for you, Jesus. To where, Lord, they, they want to know how, what's different about you today. That you weren't like this last week or the week before. What's different about you? Man, let me tell you, it's about Jesus Christ. I'm having a relationship with Him now instead of just getting to know, hey, I know Jesus. Get to know the Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, He knows everything about you and He wants to hear you. He wants you to call Him and just say, Jesus, I need you. The Bible says that you're the apple of His eye. As soon as you say Jesus, He says, what is it? What is it, apple of my eye? I care about you. I want to know about you. Those are the things that we have to do as men of God to come up another level. I'm going to ask you, are you ready to change things in your life? I'm going to ask you right now, if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I'm going to ask you to do it. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. If you were to die right now, right this second, if you were to die, and you met Jesus Christ, would, would He have said, well done and good and faithful servant? Would He? Or would He have said, hey man, I never knew you. The Bible says that you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's what it says. It's not what Eloy said. It's what the Bible says. You must be born again. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm going to count to three. One. But man, I, 
these people, man, I've never been around men like this, and they're going to see me. So what? You're a peculiar person. You're a chosen generation. We talked about it before. You're going to stand out whether you like it or not. Two, man, but I, I don't know about this Jesus stuff, man. Really? The Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I ask you again, are you ready to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? To where you know that you know that you know that when I die, I'm going to be in heaven. But Jesus is going to say, well done, your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm about to say three, and when I do, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Are you ready? Three. All right. Praise God, I see your hand. You put it down. Father God, we just thank you. We'll just pray over you. And I, I just want to, I want you to say this, this simple prayer with me. I want everyone to say, say, Jesus, it's coming to my heart. Change my life. Make me new. Jesus, I believe you died and rose again after the third day. Jesus, be my Lord. I believe you will write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. Let me tell you, you said that prayer and you meant it in your heart, you're saved. You're saved. But the Bible says, if you're ashamed of me before man, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father. In other words, when people are sitting there, man, that Jesus, Jesus, I'm not telling you you've got to fight these guys. But what about you? When they point at you, be ready to say, I love the Lord. I'm a Christian. That's what He's talking about. Be ashamed of me before my Father. Man, I don't know about this Jesus stuff. And you walk away? That's what He's talking about. If you're ashamed of me before man, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father. That's exactly what He's talking about there. Don't be ashamed. Walk the walk 24-7. Is it going to be hard? Sure, at times it will. Is it going to be easy? Sure, at times it will. But always go back to the book. That'll help you. That'll guide you. That's your guide right there. And listen to people. Learn from them. Let them.